Welcome to KXA News Today. Here are your Wednesday headlines. A man accused of murder in Maynard will have a bond reduction hearing this morning. Police say Juan Acuna Guana shot and killed Luis Frias Hernandez last Thursday. Acuna Guana says he shot out of self-defense. The bond right now is $250,000. Colorado Supreme Court moved to kick former President Donald Trump off the state's 2024 primary ballot. State's highest court disqualified Trump on the 14th Amendment grounds. Cites Trump's role in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The Trump campaign is calling the decision completely flawed and is vowing a swift appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. And Google will pay $70 million and overhaul its app store to allow for greater competition. It's part of an antitrust settlement with states and consumers. That settlement includes compensation for customers that were looped into a payment processing system that allegedly drove up prices for transactions in Play Store apps. And the clouds are moving in today. We could see some on and off again wet weather for much of the holiday weekend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. Good morning. I'm meteorologist Kristen Curry. Finally, some rain chances worth talking about yeah. here. A little bit today, much more on the way as we get into the weekend. Live look outside, indeed, domain camera. Not showing too much. We do have some cloud cover out there. Now we're going to have a lot more cloud cover through the day. If you noticed some of that cloud cover yesterday, take that and just multiply by five. There's not going to be as much sunshine today, and then we'll probably squeeze out at least a little bit of rain in some spots. Because of those clouds, these temperatures much milder, 50s for most areas right now. Look at the difference between right now and 24 hours ago. That's a good 10 to 20 degrees warmer. So I would suggest just a light coat on your way out the door. Do know temperatures will respond. We're getting back to near 70 degrees today. But we'll include a 10% chance of an isolated shower today. Patchy fog, little drizzle this morning. Isolated rain chance from late morning through the afternoon. But we're just getting started. Rain chances looking better tonight into tomorrow and Friday, Saturday and Sunday. There's really going to be two distinct rounds here that we'll be looking at when it comes to those rain chances. So more on that here in a few minutes. But guess where this storm is coming from? The West. Let me take you out to the West Coast. Sacramento seeing flooding with more rain in Northern California and Southern California today. Heavy rain moved through the Sacramento region yesterday, causing some pretty big problems in several areas. Several of those freeways in the city were closed due to the impacts of flooding. This flooding comes as Northern California has seen more rain and even high mountain snow. Storm system expected to bring more thunderstorms and showers through much of the day today and tomorrow. Thank you, Kristen. Back in our area, more young people continue to overdose or die from fentanyl poisoning in Central Texas. The Hayes County Sheriff's Office reported 67 fentanyl overdoses among adults and juveniles since January of last year. Kicks and Sarah Alshay digs a little deeper into this data and explains how the county's new move is trying to save lives. It's a troubling trend that continues in Hayes County. We've had 67 poisonings with the sheriff's office. 14 people in Hayes County over the last 23 months, 22 months, have passed away from this poison. Fentanyl poisonings and deaths amongst young people are on the rise. Since 2022, yeah, we've had a 13% increase in juvenile poisonings, whether it be just a, a poisoning in itself or a, someone passing away. We have had poisonings occur in our schools this year in the 2023 school year. 
Um, and that's scary. Kids, kids witness that. They see that. It's a problem Hay CISD faced head on after losing five of its students last school year and one this year to the drug. Back in August, the district told KXAN students started confiding in counselors about their battle with substance abuse. We said, hey, if you've got a problem, tell us about it. You're not going to get in trouble. We want to get you treatment. Several dozen students uh, pretty much right away reach out to us. More help for the district is on the way. Tuesday, Hayes County Commissioners approved an additional mental health counselor for Hayes CISD, a position Hayes County Sheriff's Deputy Anthony Hippolito says will ultimately help in this fight against fentanyl. That's huge. Um, the impact that that person can make in so many kids' lives um, will definitely help that number continue to go down. Sarah Alsheh, KXAN News. Starting in the new year, the Hayes County Sheriff's Office is going to be back in schools across the state giving fentanyl awareness presentations. Deputy Hippolito says that they are fully booked in January with Comal ISD and says other school districts are reaching out to book for presentations as well. Looked a little deeper into the deadly fentanyl overdoses in Hayes County and data from the Sheriff's Office shows deaths increased since last year. In 2022, six people died from fentanyl poisoning. So far this year, the drug has killed eight people. We also check with the Travis County Sheriff's Office. It tells us 21 people have died from fentanyl in 2023, but there could be two more pending an autopsy report. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security says that more than 12,000 migrants crossed into the U.S. from the Mexico border on Monday, and that is the most ever recorded in a single day. Here in Texas, in Eagle Pass, People young and old are waiting hours in long lines to be processed. They face an uncertain fate after a controversial law in Texas now considers illegal immigration a state crime. The Maverick County Sheriff says more help is needed to deal with so many people arriving. Border Patrol agents, I can see that need, need more, more reinforcements. Troopers can need more reinforcements. All, if we speak to all the sheriffs on the border, we need a whole much reinforcement. This morning on today, the struggle between the state and federal response at the southern border. A volcano in Iceland still active and erupting this morning. Some of the unbelievable images we're getting of that spewing magma hundreds of feet into the air and how this could affect people living nearby. Plus, asking why a teacher made it on campus despite a flag in their file, a big one. The substitute teacher accused of acting inappropriately with a student. Live like outside, still dark and early on this Wednesday. Sunrise will be at about 7.23 this morning. Sunset will be about 5.34. So 10 hours and a few minutes of daylight ahead of us. We'll talk a little bit more about what you can expect weather-wise here in a few minutes. Well, the volcano in Iceland continues to erupt in the southwest part of the country this morning, and it's sending rivers of lava flowing close to towns. Check out the video here. Here's that video of that active volcano. This is less than an hour outside the country's capital. Now, aerial video was taken by the Coast Guard shortly after the initial eruption. The volcano erupted Monday after weeks of intense earthquake activity, and when it did, it created a two-and-a-half-mile fissure resulting in 
a river of lava flowing towards some of those surrounding villages. Authorities have evacuated people nearby, includes close to 4,000 of those villagers. The lava flow has slowed since its peak, with lava fountains falling from about 300 feet high to 100 feet high today. It is beautiful. Thank you, Kristen. Still ahead, we are going inside the operation, keeping watch over every flight in the country as we're heading into the busiest days of air travel this year. And a look at the issue that some customers claim they had with the popular holiday pop-up, why it changed its policy to handle all the demand it's seen. UT women back in action, back on the road before they get a holiday break. I've got more on that coming up. Live look outside at 4.44 this morning. We are counting down the days to Christmas here. I don't give you a little peek at what to expect. If you've got company coming into town, if you're going to stay here with your family, we've got all those details here shortly. Well, it might be the most wonderful time of the year, but today and tomorrow are also the busiest days for air travel. This morning, NBC's Tom Castell will take you inside the operation, keeping watch over every flight in the country. It's where a team anticipates everything from security, safety, and weather as they work to keep flights schedules smooth from city to city. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. We're at the FAA Command Center here in Virginia, where they watch every single plane in the nation's airspace, both private and commercial. And today and tomorrow will be the busiest. Nearly 50,000 flights a day. The weather is always the wild card here. So if an airport needs to order a ground stop or ground delay because of the weather, this is where they do it. Coming up on the Today Show, we'll take you inside the command center. We're going to talk to the top airspace managers about what they're watching today and how they're going to make sure you get to your Christmas holiday on time. I also want to show you this, a parade of good boys and girls with wagging tails. I'll put a smile on nurses and staff. This is at St. David's South Austin Medical Center, treated to the holiday-themed therapy dog parade. Thanks to Divine Canine, some of the dogs had garland around them, or special holiday attire. <laughs> and I was thinking, if anyone ah. wants to organize a doggy parade at KXAN, L Lord I'm all bless for it. it. Yes, yeah, I'm all I for think it. every workplace could use yes. a doggy parade <laughs> exactly. at this time of year, right? The stress, the anxiety, I think that certainly helps. Yeah. Hey, let me show you what's going on outside this morning. Clouds and radar showing uh, kind of a mix of mainly clear to partly cloudy skies over the state. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to see way more cloud cover than sunshine as we gear up for our next storm system. Still off the coast of the Pacific, slowly making its way down the West Coast and eventually closer to us once we hit the weekend. 52 degrees, southeast winds at three miles per hour. The temperatures, relatively speaking, mild for this time of year. They should be about 10 degrees cooler. But I think the hang up this morning will be the potential for some fog. We'll watch this closely as I expect some of those lower clouds to get closer to the ground here. We could potentially see even a few pockets of drizzle this morning. But it's not going to be widespread. Right now, I'm not tracking any dense fog. So the roads should be at least moderate weather-wise going out this morning. Bus up shows 50s through the drop-off period pickup time close to 70 right now no 10 percent chance of rain today let me show you what i'm looking at because if i put this in motion clearly got a lot of cloud cover there's my 10 percent today 
this is going to be very light in both coverage and intensity, not expecting downpours, not expecting thunderstorms, but it's the beginning of a wetter weather pattern, putting this further into motion. Tonight, the clouds will thicken up, and we're talking better rain chances starting Thursday morning through the afternoon and evening. This will be that first round coming Thursday into Friday. Here's where we start to see a little bit more meat on the bone, right? That's where we're going to probably be talking 50 to 60% chance of showers and storms. In addition to the fact that that's not just going to be a little sprinkle, right? We've got better rainfall intensity coming our direction late Thursday and the Friday. Another round Saturday into Sunday. That will be when that Pacific storm that I just showed you on radar lifts to our north. Aeons, new developments this morning, Christmas Day actually trending drier. So I'm expecting between Thursday and Sunday, majority of this half an inch to an inch and a quarter will fall there. So periods of rain, it's not going to rain from start to finish, but periods of rain expected. Really, the little appetizer today at 10%, and then more so Thursday, Friday into the weekend here. Temperatures, nothing to worry about. I mean, we're in the 60s and 70s all week long, even with a cold front coming in on Sunday. Temperatures still above average on Christmas Day in those 60s. Overnight lows, kind of a mix here, 50s and 60s leading up to Christmas Eve, and then you'll notice we start Christmas Day on the colder side in the 40s. So we will be, we will be sure to uh, keep you updated on, on this as we get closer. I also wanted to update you on this, ERCOT, the state's power grid operator, they have a new winter weather outlook. At its meeting this week, it received an update from their chief meteorologist, Chris Coleman. In it, ERCOT blames this year's record heat on El Nino, an underwater volcano, and the sun. Factors we told you earlier this week in our interview with the climate scientists are actually negligible. This, well, ERCOT avoided any mentions of climate change. These are a few of the um, the factors that, that likely added to the warmth, uh, but likely not the only ones. But a few to point out here. Uh, again, there's likely some other factors, but that's some of the, the things that made 2023 different than, say, 2011, uh, where we did not have those in place. Thanks, Chris. That was ERCOT's senior meteorologist speaking. We asked ERCOT representatives why their attribution for this year's record heat goes against what experts have found, which is that human-caused climate change is the main factor in this year's warmth. They said they would let us know when availability opens up for a media interview. Eight of the 11 members of the ERCOT board are selected by a committee. That committee is appointed by the Texas governor, lieutenant governor, and the speaker of the Texas House. Okay, thank you, Kristen. An Austin substitute teacher is accused of indecency with a child. Court documents show it's not the first time that something has happened connected to this sub. Two of the children affected are 9 and 10 years old, and KXN's Nabil Ramana pressed for answers about why this person was allowed back in the classroom in that same school system. On November 1st, APD officers arrived at the Idea Public Schools campus on Willcab Road in East Austin after a report of a sex crime. According to the arrest report, Idea Public Schools told police it gets their substitute teachers from Kakua Group. It had assigned Alexander Jeffrey Hill to be a sub at the school that day. But a few hours into the school day, a Kakua representative called the school, saying the Texas Department of Family Protective Services had flagged him. 
for a prior incident at a different Idea Public School and warning them to get Hill off campus immediately. The report says the school removed Hill from the fourth grade classroom he was in, but shortly after, three girls in the class told administrators that there had been an incident. One victim said that Hill grabbed their private parts. Another victim said he was close to her and whispered in her ear that she was the best artist in the class. Another victim said that Hill began to push her against the wall with his groin. The report says in an interview with Hill, he admitted that he stood behind the students to help them draw. He denied touching the girls in a sexual way. We stopped by Idea Public Schools regional office to see if we could get some answers. But no one was there to answer because of winter break. We were hoping to sit down to talk about how something like this could happen and what changes have been made since it happened. We weren't granted an interview one-on-one, -on -one, but Idea Public Schools did send us this statement. Saying the safety and well-being of all students is our top priority and that they are cooperating fully with law enforcement. As for Kakua Education, they've not answered any emails or returned our calls. Bill Ramadna, KXAN News. Hill's bond was set at $15,000 and he was released from jail but has to stay 200 yards away from the alleged victims. Cannot have any contact with them. State law requires superintendents at school districts and charter schools to report any inappropriate relationship between a student and a staff member. In 2017, the state put in that requirement when it involves certified educators, but then the next session, lawmakers close a loophole by adding in non-certified employees. Last school year, the Texas Education Agency tracked more than 600 cases open across the state. For this year, starting in September, the state's already had more than 300 reports. The state requires these reports within seven business days after a person has resigned or been fired. This is to limit the opportunity for that person to be hired by another district. There's also a public do not hire registry list statuses including not eligible for hire and quote under investigation to denote an ongoing matter for the TEA. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, Texas women's basketball team looking forward to a little holiday break, but first, they've got a game tonight down in the Valley. They'll play in Edinburgh at the Rockets G League Arena against UTRGV. Longhorns trying to improve to 12-0 on the season. Now they're coming off a road game against Arizona last week. Reason for this road game, kind of an unconventional road game for a powerhouse program, but there are reasons behind it. One, RGV on short notice came to Austin back during the COVID season when Baylor had to cancel their game, and there are other reasons for this contest. When we bring them here, typically we give them a game guarantee. Now we go down there, maybe they can make some money off the gate. And so it's just a way to grow the game, really. Lots of programs won't do it. Again, it's a chance for our fans who don't get to come to Austin to come see us play. And this is always a tricky one because everybody's excited about what's going to happen after that. And, uh, and so you got to stay focused on the task at hand. It's going to be nice taking the break off. Um, but, you know, everyone's everyone's has the same goals. We know what we want to accomplish um, going into, you know, conference play and then obviously the state tournament. Just all staying together, whether, you know, we're texting each other throughout the break, um, mentally staying in it. Um, physically, it'll be nice to take a break. Some of our bodies need it. This is the start of the signing period for college football. That means the 
future puts their name on the dotted line. Longhorns have 22 commitments, and right now that class ranked as high as number five in the nation. It will happen later today. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. Childhood obesity rates are rising again after a six-year drop. More than 2% of kids in the Women, Infants, and Children program were severely obese back in 2010. Six years later, that rate dipped down to 1.8%, but then it rose back to 2% in 2020. This according to some new data shared in the Journal of Pediatrics. Study looked at children aged two to four years old enrolled in the program. Health experts say that the drop happened after policy changes that eliminated juice from infant food packages trying to make it easier for parents to buy fruits and vegetables too. Program didn't make any changes while rates increased, but experts say that the pandemic and poverty may have been factors. For those listening in on KXAN News Today, our podcast, thanks for hanging out with us. Here's what we're tracking at five. A nonprofit given the gift of bikes this holiday season. We're hearing from some of the people making it happen and what it means to them.